Welcome back to Word Balloon, the comic book conversation show. John Suntress here. Good conversation today with Sam Humphreys. Lots of books coming up for Sam. Uh, not only all new, all different Marvel titles, but is that what they call it now? I keep forgetting. Uh, but uh, Citizen Jack, a great new image series that he has starting the day after Election Day, this Wednesday. Uh, very interesting story. Uh, very uh, synchronistic to uh, this current political silly season. As we talk about, a, a know-nothing knucklehead gets approached by a demon and is told, if you do what I say, you can be the next president of the United States. And given the field of candidates that we have, you will see a lot of uh, synchronistic humor in uh, real life and in Citizen Jack. Very funny book. Very offbeat. Great to talk to Sam about this. Plus his Marvel projects. And they include things like uh, Weird World. He'll be continuing Weird World. Uh, that spun out of the uh, Jason Aaron uh, Secret Wars miniseries. Of course, he continues his work on Star-Lord. And we're going to get, as he puts it, Star-Lord Year One in uh, the first arc uh, with the uh, new number one start. And finally, a few words about uh, Jonesy, which is an upcoming Boom Studios book that uh, Sam has going, and very uh, different from uh, the books we've described. It's uh, going to be, I think, uh, you know, pointing to young women, and it's about high school romance, and it sounds like a very interesting, kind of fun fantasy comedy. Uh, at least that's how I took it from Sam's description. We'll see what you think as well as you listen to uh, today's conversation with Sam Humphreys on Word Balloon. It's all brought to you by the League of Word Balloon listeners. Thank you, as always, for your support. Truly, because that means when you subscribe to Word Balloon, you're telling me that um, even though Word Balloon is free, that you really believe in what I'm doing and you think it's of value. So uh, I wanted to point that out. Um, you don't have to subscribe to Word Balloon, but uh, it is possible if you go to wordballoon.com and look at the front page. There's a link to my Patreon account right there on the front page, and there's also a tab with a video. And when you get to patreon.com and my Patreon page, you'll see a video of me talking. If you can spare a dollar, two dollars, whatever, a month to help support Word Balloon, I really appreciate it. Uh, we're working towards our goal of... Uh, uh, reaching $1,000 a month and uh, Word Balloon subscribers will get a commercial free version so they won't get any of this. They'll get right to the uh, conversations. Um, I do try to put up uh, interviews in advance for my Word Balloon subscribers and do that on occasion uh, when I've got a good uh, back catalog of, of shows as I will likely have uh, for uh, the first couple of weeks because there's going to be a lot of Fast and Furious uh, November episodes on Word Balloon coming up. So thank you, League of Word Balloon listeners, for your support. And as I always say, the best way to support Word Balloon is to let a friend know that you like the show, you think it's good, uh, and they might like it too. So thank you, League of Word Balloon listeners. Also brought to you uh, this week uh, by InStock Trades at InStockTrades.com. Tremendous deals are happening now at InStock Trades. Save lots of money off the covered retail price. It is November. Holiday season is coming. So it wouldn't be bad to start perusing in-stock trades and looking for those great deals on hardcovers and omnibuses, some of the big ticket items, but even trade paperbacks. I mean, you know, that is the great thing about uh, this hobby is you really can just, you know, uh, give a friend an inexpensive but cool gift and let them know, hey, you should be reading this book. It's amazing. Here's the first arc or here's uh, a good arc. So, you know, I mean, I'm talking about, of course, uh, things like the most recent Casanova, Asadia, or Asadia, which, of course, is made by the brothers, Gabriel Bond, Fabio Moon, who were on the last episode of Word Balloon, uh, also written by Matt Fraction and Michael Chabon. Uh, it's 50% off for this arc. It's just $4.99, and I guarantee you that's a hell of a lot of uh, entertainment for under 5 bucks. 
Uh, also, a great collection of Batman adventures. Uh, one of the uh, trade paperback collections. Uh, this one uh, written by uh, Kelly Puckett. And uh, Mike Parabek, uh did the art. Wow, that's fantastic. Going back to uh, Batman Adventures 21 through 27. Lots of great stories. 45% off. Under 10 bucks, $9.34. Or for a big ticket item, how about the Hawkeye by Matt Fraction and David Aja Omnibus. Just gorgeous. What an amazing collection. Uh, you can get it at 42% off. It's just $57.99. And it would impress anyone uh, you know, that wanted to put it on their bookcase. That and a whole lot more are waiting for you at InStockTrades.com. Uh, don't forget, if your orders are $50 or more, it's free shipping. So uh, start uh, your holiday shopping now and start looking at some of the great deals. You'll find a lot of books up to 70% off, sometimes more, at InStockTrades.com. All right, let's uh, go back uh, a few weeks ago because this was uh, recorded before the last uh, Republican debate. Uh, but uh, again, I just am amazed by Sam's uh, timing uh, coming up with Citizen Jack and also the fortunate uh, release date of happening uh, just a year before the presidential election. So uh, this is really neat timing and a very good conversation with my buddy Sam Humphreys. I'm happy to bring it to you now on Word Balloon. He's back, but he doesn't have his hair anymore. <laughs> I don't know how to address Sam Humphreys without that massive white man fro. Oh, man. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's been like uh, going undercover. It's been like I'm a witness protection because uh, it's it's true. Like it, it sounds silly, but like people don't recognize me the way that they used to. Like I had I had lunch with an old friend who I hadn't seen in months, and I had to like wave him down in the restaurant, which usually for me is not something I have to do because I'm this giant mass of hair that you can true. see from like a hundred yards away. Um, no, I'll, t- I'll tell you real quick though. The, the when I when I shaved it all off, I um, did it on like a, like a Friday, and I didn't post anything about it all weekend. And I went okay. to the birthday party of a really really good friend of mine. I've known her for ten years. She knew I was coming. It was her birthday party, and I walked in, and she tried to introduce herself to me. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic! She goes, "Hey, I'm Lauren. Oh my God, Sam." <laughs> <laughs> that's great man yeah it was very nice well enjoy it man that's all right revel in it so are you completely bald now no um i you just went down to a regular I, yeah i shaved it off and then i've just kind of let it grow back since it's getting kind of shaggy and i don't really figure it out yet but it's getting to the point where okay. i have to like make a decision whether i'm gonna trim it back again or grow it out or i don't know i've decided to not make a decision thus far but i'm not right. gonna be able to get away with that forever I understand. Well, you know, and eventually uh, comic goers will, uh, you know, convention goers will uh, get used to your new look as uh, as you're at tables and stuff and signs. So that's all right. It'll be nice. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, first of all, the new image book. When does uh, Citizen Jack start? Citizen Jack first issue ships November fourth. Okay, it's coming up. All right, excellent. Yeah. So, so there you go. All right. Well, we'll, we'll put this out uh, definitely before no- November fourth, right. and uh, I'm glad to hear this because. Uh, perfect timing, man. I, I mean, know, it's right? funny. 
you were knocking out all the uh, social uh, like faux pas. I mean, it was you know our love is real, so right. that's like kinky sex, uh-huh. and uh, now politics, and uh, you know religion is next. I know. I would... Well, I'm gonna let Jason take a swing at it first, Jason Aaron, with the the goddamn coming up, but uh... also coming up uh, that same November fourth. Yes, exactly. Sir. Is it? Co- I think it's. I think it's the Wednesday after. I don't know. He'll confirm for you. But yeah, yeah, I gotta find out. All right, go on. Yeah, I, I think because we had different FOCs, that's why I say that. Ah, um, okay. But uh, yeah, Citizen Jack. It's the uh, it's a story. Uh, well, it's, it's it's a horror comedy. First of all, it's very it's very politically topical. But it, it's a it's a horror comedy first and foremost. And it's about a guy named Jack who is a total schlub and he has no business being president. But he's got this twelve foot tall death demon named Marlon Spike who's whispering in his ear, telling him that he could be president if he just does what he tells him to do. Right. Mm-hmm. So that kind of became like the central question, like, wouldn't most people do that? Like, most of us have no no business being president. Most of us are completely comfortable <laughs> with that fact. But if we have this demon that's, like, doing shit on our behalf, you know, like, kind of scheming and high ambitions and all this stuff, wouldn't you be like, okay, maybe I'll ride this out and see where it goes? Well, and also, you know, in this political uh, election uh, season, yeah. we are seeing uh, – unconventional uh candidates yeah absolutely so uh, yeah i mean i think uh you know i well we got a taste of that i guess back in 12 how long has this idea been uh, percolating uh I, I really like had the idea since um for about two years now so it's crazy okay. it's crazy that it's hitting now with the way that the presidential election cycle has been shaping up um uh and and john you know this because you've been in comics forever but like it's, it would be absolutely impossible to plan it this way. Yeah, no, this is and, that's why. Yeah, exactly. When I saw the premise and you and you starting to promote it, I'm like, God damn, good timing. timing. So I, and, I mean, let me tell you, we were so close to this shipping in March, but we had a we, we had a situation with a colorist. We had to get a new colorist, uh, and that pushed us back. And then a couple other things happened. We and November just became like, okay, let's do it. Like this is it. Just gonna be November, and only later it dawned on me that it's shipping. The Wednesday after Election Tuesday. I was like, oh my God, that's great. But, you know, nobody believed that we didn't plan it like this. So I've just started taking credit for it. It's excellent. And what I love about it, too, is because it's an image book, you can go places that, you know, DC or Marvel really can't. And we're even seeing that kind of play out, not in a political sense, but, you know, I mean, once again... Uh, there's red meat to be had on one side or the other, and it, it seems like uh, you know Sam Wilson and Captain America is uh, uh, currently you know under the purview of the conservatives. Oh my yeah. God! Can you believe what Captain America? Is doing? <laughs> my God! But uh, but I love it because uh, again, like DC. Remember a couple of years ago, DC tried to kind of play with politics, and it was so. Did they do the election thing. Yeah, and it was like, and I can't even remember what the candidates were, or even like the issues just seemed forced. Arrow, one of the candidates. Am I remembering this? Well, I know he backed. I think they were actual political candidates. Okay, but 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 each faction of superheroes was either for one or the other. But it was it was political kind of like dumb speak in the same way. You know, it's funny. uh, Decades. One of those digital channels like MeTV, uh-huh. it's a CBS channel. Okay. They've, been, they've been running a lot of uh, made-for-TV movies uh, of varying qualities. But one that I really love from the early 70s is The Missiles of October. And it's about the Cuban Missile Crisis. Oh, okay. and it's William, William Devane and Martin Sheen. 
Wow. William Devane is John F. Kennedy, okay. and he's out there t- giving political speeches. And I remember reading this about uh, Rod Serling when he would have to write stuff, that the network would kind of dumb down the speech so that it sounded important, but if you really read the words, it was like, you know, just completely banal and really devoid of any real politics and everything. So, you know, that that's unfortunately, I think, what DC kind of had to contend with, that same kind of Right, yep. Mm-hmm. And, and this, I mean, you know, you let me read the first two issues um, – Again, I think people who are even just casually following what's going on in the presidential campaign are going to enjoy it. And it's – the funny thing is, sadly, reality is – I mean you obviously meant this to be a very broad farce. Right. But, you know, I, I, then, you know, reality is not that far behind we are, you. We are feeling very validated <laughs> at this point. We, <laughs> we are feeling very much uh, – like uh, political prognosticators having had this book already in production and ready to come out as all this stuff goes down. And that's what people say because, you know, uh, Trump is like the obvious punchline for any political joke these days. So people are always like, oh, Citizen Jack, it's like uh, it's like Trump and blah, blah, blah. And what I always say is that actually Citizen Jack, the book, is bigger than Trump. Citizen Jack addresses the issues that allow somebody like a Trump to happen. So yes. this is this is like we are feeling like I said <laughs> we are feeling very validated by the issues that we specifically target in this book uh, because they're all about the ways in which uh, the, the the politics and electoral politics are shaped in this country, not about Democrats versus Republicans or liberals versus conservatives. We don't even use the words Democrats or Republicans. We don't bring up any. Uh, hot button issues like immigration or anything else. This is really a book for people who feel uh, frustrated or alienated by the political process. Yep, exactly the process, mm-hmm. and uh, that's and also the way the process is uh, covered from the media. Yeah. Oh yeah, and, and I love that. Uh, I don't want to give anything away, but you've your uh, your team of anchors will <laughs> I- I- explain who's the smartest. Uh, thing in the room uh, yes. and they, you know <laughs> and uh that's great that's excellent because it is it's the pageantry that unfortunately the process has devolved into yeah. and and we're we're literally seeing it i mean play out just the stupid questions that they're getting and the things that are making each shift in the popularity polls happen i mean they call it silly season and it's never been sillier and that's why yeah your book really resonates from again just the way the process is playing out and the way that, you know, the media dives at it like six-year-olds in a soccer game. Yes. Oh, there's yeah, Paul. Yeah, ah! it, yeah I, mean, the, the, I mean, that was that was absolutely one thing that I knew. I mean, there are a lot of things, but I was like, you know, I'm, I feel that the media plays an equal role in this. And I'm not going to let the media off the hook on this one. Uh, and, and you saw in that, uh, that, that Democratic uh, debate when uh, Anderson Cooper brings up Hillary's emails to Bernie Sanders, and you could tell he's hoping for Bernie Sanders to take a jab at Hillary, and Bernie says, I don't care about the emails. Nobody cares about the emails. Nobody should care about the emails. <laughs> and, and, and Anderson Cooper keeps hammering, he's bringing it up over and over again. And it's like, on one level, I can't be angry at him because he's looking out for his own people in the media. He's looking out for that. He, he's trying to get everybody that real crazy, dripping with blood headline for the next day, you know? And, yes. and and he and he's trying to make something happen in this debate that was actually like pretty mild, all things considered. 
Like he's really trying to get that like that one moment that's going to put it over the top and generate all those clicks and readers and viewers for everyone the next day, and he just can't get it. And what's even funnier is that immediately after the debate, everyone seized on Bernie Sanders refuses to acknowledge emails as the problem. Like they still try to get something out of it. They're trying to wring blood from a stone at this point. It's just crazy. Very Orwellian. Yes. It, it's very, very Orwellian. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it, it is, it's, you, you wonder, it's like, really, are, are we, the, you know, we're not stupid. And, yeah. and, and it's so, I mean, just even the reaction to the debate. What I, my favorite moment in the actual live coverage was after the debate, MSNBC, we're live in the spin room and it's, uh, it's Chris Matthews and he's talking to, uh, of all people, because <laughs> it's in Vegas, Ladies and gentlemen, Wayne Newton. And it's like, <laughs> right, yep. and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Wayne Newton is about to speak about the presidential campaigns. And uh, he's like, you know, you're a Republican. I'm really, Chris Matthews, you know, I'm really surprised you're a Republican. But, you know, I don't know what kind of opinion you've got. You said you like Trump, huh? <laughs> and, uh, and Wayne Newton's like, I like Trump. I like Carson. I like the lady <laughs> and that's literally what he said i'm like oh that's God. all you need to know and I, and it's oh, like this is beautiful this is ridiculous tv John, first, and first of all I, I think with your impressions you ought to do uh you, you ought to do the debates as a one-man show <laughs> i can kind of do bernie sanders if i may just say <laughs> one thing this soup is damn cold <laughs> and it was when you brought it here you know, there's probably no one in comics that you can't impersonate. Oh, that's not true. But I, I, I try, bud. I, I, yeah. You know, again, sports radio. Yeah. I can't yeah, yeah. have it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm actually talking to you, and I mentioned this before we started recording. I've got the last uh, <laughs> I got the last half of the ninth on pause on my DVR because okay. I can't bring myself to, to watch uh, Game 3 right I, now. I, 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 I don't want to have to bring you back from the edge, dude. Uh, it's all right. Don't worry about <laughs> it. I'll be it's, I, I, I literally, I'm like, it's all gravy after this. Yeah. Who cares? I mean, when, when they when they clinched the wild card, that was like, all right, whatever happens. That's man. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're getting we're getting postseason baseball. It's, <laughs> it's October 20th, and the Cubs are still playing. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, anyway, back to back to politics. Yeah. But yeah, that's no. the thing is that is is like everybody's got to eat, and that's why the media does what they do. Not necessarily yes. because they're certain, because they really believe that they're more partisan one way or the other, or they really believe or care whether Wayne Newton has something trenchant to say about the debate. They're just trying to generate attention. They're just trying to get the viewers. Everybody's got to eat. That's all it comes down to. Uh, and it's and it, you know we're going to be dealing with this until uh, the Iowa caucuses and you know the New Hampshire primaries to at least. Kind of at least cut the rest of the deadwood. Dude, we're 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 not even gonna like one year from now we're not gonna have an elected president. It's crazy. No, you're right. Okay, yeah. I was gonna say it's we're nuts. close, but no, you're right. We, we have a, we're just over a year left. It's nuts. <laughs> I did the math. You're right. Uh, no, that's uh, no, you're 100 percent right. But it's interesting, and uh, I I can't imagine what's going to happen. And that's got to be fun. I mean, you know, again, we we went through 2012, so there are some potential scenarios, but. Uh, it is it is fun watching Jack, who is like this, you know, obviously cannot succeed on his own where he lives. I mean, he sells he's a, he's an unsuccessful snowblower salesman in Minnesota. That's right, can't even sell oh, yeah. snowblowers in Minnesota. Poor son of a <laughs> bitch. Yeah, so I mean, it's uh, no, it's great. <laughs> And then, of course, you have him run down. Uh, the Yankers uh, talk about his vetting, uh, 
um, interviews and stuff and how they went. Yes. And uh, that's a great montage. No, it, it's really funny, man. And I mean, again, there, there are a lot of similarities and links to what you're seeing play out right now in, in the real world. It's, yeah. It's amazing. Because we, 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 we dramatized the same system that's, in, that's functioning right now. We dramatize the same machine that's, put it, that's putting together all the elements of the presidential campaign that's fascinating us right now uh, and doing it in much the same way. Are you a fan of uh, old political movies and stuff? I, you know, uh, I kind of started scrolling a list of my favorites. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you know, do you, do you go back with some of those uh, classic ones and stuff? Sure. I, I mean, yeah, tell, I, rattle off for me. I, I, I love uh, classic Hollywood movies. My, my knowledge is not as deep as yours. I know you really go there. But, uh, you know, the Frank Copra stuff is really interesting to me. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. That's so funny. I was just talking with um, – oh, I guess it wasn't a comic book person. I've had so many comic book conversations with <laughs> but a friend. And we were talking about Capra and, and one that – I don't know if you've seen um, – was it – not Woman of the Year. Um, what was it called? State of the State of the Union. No, with, uh, that's a Frank Capra movie. It's a wonderful life period. But you're – what, John Doe I guess is one? Yeah, I like John Doe a lot and I like uh, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, of course. Sure, it's like of course. like standard bear. Um, uh, How about The Candidate, Robert Redford? I, I actually one? did. I watched The Candidate in prepping for uh, Citizen Jack because people kept bringing it up to me when I'd tell them the idea. I almost wondered. Go on. And, I, and I'd never seen it before. Um, and actually, it shocked me how biting it was. That, that movie is fucking vicious. Like, yes. Like, that movie is, like, absolutely, like, it, it goes for the jugular. And I think, and another one of my, my favorite ones, The Network, I think that one is, like, not, it is beyond prescient. It's just absolutely timeless. It's, it's timeless well, in the it, most literal sense, you know, not and, in the way that timeless, do, like a Hallmark card definition of timeless. But, like, I, I think that the candidate will always be relevant. No, both of those movies are as re- relevant today as they were when they were made. Yeah. And uh, in the case of Network... Sometimes even more so, yes. Well, the crazy thing is, again, I don't... And maybe I'm wrong. I've never heard Chayefsky... Because he didn't live much longer after the movie came out. I think it was only about five or ten years. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he, you know, reality TV had reached the levels, or in his mind, that that, that is where we were going. Oh, yeah. And that instead it was just kind of a more, well, if we're going to do that, why don't we just do X, Y, and Z? Exactly, yeah. And, I, and I don't I mean, think you, you saw any reality TV except for that that one like proto-reality show that was on uh, uh, PBS, The Family or whatever. Oh, yes, yes. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. that – I suppose so, and and you're right, and and certainly that's nowhere near uh, the crazy stuff that they do in network. That right. again, it's on a, even even the first few seasons of the Real World isn't as crazy as what they do in network. That's true, yeah. but but pretty much can be found now on um, on many of the higher end uh, channels on your cable Ab- system. Absolutely, the lower end <laughs> and on YouTube as well. Yeah, I was going to say yeah, YouTube, absolutely. fine, all that stuff, man. Yeah, it's crazy. Very funny. And what about um? Here, I got a couple others. Yeah. What were the you know, honestly, Chris Rock's Head of State. Oh, I've never seen it. It, never I seen think it. it's really, really funny. Yeah. And Bernie Mac plays his brother and ends up being his running mate. Oh, yeah. And and there are some great <laughs> moments in the movie that, again, as ridiculous as the current process has become, uh, I, I think it's a really – it's a funny movie. Hey. It's not a great movie. It's got a lot of trite crap Did in it. Did he break that well. one? 
he co-wrote it. I know that. And that's the thing, like the broader, you know, I mean, there's a lot of easy laughs in the movie sure. that are, you know, varying in degrees of success. But no, the overall well, message is great. It it's too. a smart I'm, 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 I'm looking it up right now. Who did, what'd you say? He, he directed it as well. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, no, that doesn't, you know, he makes a lot of interesting choices. He and does, even, absolutely. I think, I didn't know I Think I Love My Wife was a remake of Chloe in the Afternoon, know, which is a right? great French, great French 70s Oh my movie. God, great, great French 70s movie. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it's not a secret you probably know, that he, he loves Woody Allen films. So I'm yes. sure he, he jumped quite naturally from Woody Allen to Eric Romer and all that stuff. Makes sense. And, uh, you know, he's... No, I think I think he is like the most centered of like the stand-ups in terms of like he knows how old he is mm-hmm. and he's trying to stretch himself and you know prepare for as he gets older to adjust his career and and you know yeah. especially from a film standpoint and because he's got the cloud it's like no I want to make this exactly. if you want to make a movie with me I really want to make this and and he's a triple threat at this point actor writer director I'm sure he could produce as well if he hasn't. Um, yeah, probably he could, he could he could do all that stuff. So there's another one, and of course, Bullworth. Bullworth, of course. Yep, that's a that's a really good one. That one I think uh, is due for a, a, a mass reexamining. Funny. Yeah, I I I think that one is underappreciated, and I think when it came out, people looked through it the lens through the lens of the rumors that Warren Beatty was going to run for president. Remember that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, I, I think now that we know that is almost certainly not the case, I think it'll be appreciated more as a movie. Um, uh, I also no, you're right. I, I yeah. think it's one of his last great productions, yes. honestly. And I mean, it, his his acting and his satirical point of view again, I think, still plays very soundly in, in today's world. Mm-hmm. I mean that's the thing. You're right. I think it, it, that's another film that, as it gets older and stuff, is more and more appreciated. So yeah, yeah I, I don't know, man. I because I, I kind of you're right. I, I don't know how many people you know south of thirty, and you're one. Of, you are south of thirty, aren't you? No, I'm uh, I'm thirty eight. Oh, you're thirty eight. There you go. All right. Well, then there you go. So I don't know many uh, south of thirty that might think of Bullworth. It's uh, I you know I think uh, you know as the nineties as a whole as a canon gets reexamined, I I I think that one is going to come up very very favorably. Yeah. Yep. No, it's a it's a, politics and hip hop, and it really I mean it, yeah. I think both both are uh, you know represented really Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Uh, so speaking speaking of nineties movies, I think. Um, I watched JFK in the past couple of years. Okay. Re- again, I'd, I'd seen it when it yeah. came out and probably a couple of times since. Okay. Uh, and, and that movie is, has, I don't think its reputation has survived very well, but I, I think it's better than people remember it being. It certainly is zany and it certainly goes off the rails, but I feel like there's some meta commentary going on from Oliver Stone. Um, and despite the fact that it's like two and a half or three hours, that movie like zips right along. Like, I agree. With it, you. It's two and a half and three hours long, and it ends with like a half hour speech by Kevin Costner in a courtroom, and yeah. I was riveted throughout that entire speech. <laughs> like it, it, it is, it is a mean trick Oliver Stone pulls off in that movie. I think all of his movies are very interesting, and what you've got to do is that is your classic case of this is not a documentary. This is Oliver Stone's point of right. view, and there's nothing wrong with that. Sure. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that, and if you keep it in that context and watch it for entertainment and know that, all right, you know, some fact checker is going to probably, as they have, <laughs> yes. come up with a few books to tell this is wrong, this never happened, this never – and that's fine. 
But again, you treat it as entertainment. The problem is, as people get dumber, they don't realize that they're watching doc, you know, right. that they're watching, yeah, yeah. you know, fictionalized history and not documentaries. And that's the only thing that is disappointing. But again, the onus is on the person. It's not really the. I mean, you know, again. I think enough people have said those things about Oliver Stone well, yeah, that, I mean, you know, you know, to take it with a grain of salt. And the thing with JFK is that he, he's not really interested in who killed JFK as much as why JFK is killed. And, you know, he, he points at the military industrial complex and whether or not there was a conspiracy to do so. Uh, I personally think that's a very valuable message. I agree, and I and I actually, you know, no, I've watched the guy uh, Portnoy or whatever his name was, the the character that Donald Sutherland's character yeah. is mm-hmm. partially based on, mm-hmm. and it's a very interesting case. In fact, bringing it back to politics, mm-hmm. um, there is another Kennedy conspiracy, you know, conspiracy theory guy from the '60s, Dave, and I can't remember his last name, mm-hmm. but he was a, a very prominent New York uh, figure. And I found this mid-60s William F. Buckley show where he had this guy on, and they were going over the assassination. It was really, really interesting. The reason why I bring that up is there is a new documentary that's coming out with Buckley and Gore Vidal, and there oh. are like great debates from the 60s. I don't know if you heard about no, this. No, no, no. Because as, as you point out in, in both Citizen Jack and, as we know, punditry and news reporting has really gone down. And this new documentary is about Gord of, Gore Vidal and William Buckley's great like debates during the 60s. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, and I'm putting this out there because uh, they said we're going to do it. We haven't scheduled it yet, but uh, they're going to be on War Balloon in a few weeks. Ooh, and- so the the guys who made the Oh, movie, my God, that's uh, awesome. William F. Buckley and Gore Vidal. <laughs> John Suntry is two of the most acclaimed intellectuals. Uh, I, if I may, uh, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Vidal might disagree. But... <laughs> no, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I, oh I, the, I'm looking forward to listen to that. I honestly, and that, this is the truth, I, I really find both men incredibly fascinating. I love watching them in uh, those old videotapes of them debating. They're, they were brilliant men. Let me, let, me, let me throw another one at you. This one was a, a huge, one of the primary influences on Citizen Jack, and that's the, uh, the documentary The War Room. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, about the Clinton uh, campaign mm-hmm. with, uh, yeah, with uh, Stephanopoulos and uh, and uh, the James the, Carville, the, the Raging Cajun, the Raging Cajun. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, boy, I love that movie. And uh, also the the other doc, another documentary they made about him called uh, Our Brand Is Crisis. You know, after the ninety two election, the Clinton ninety two election, he uh, formed one of many uh, political co- consultancy groups that he's been a part of over the years and got hired in Ecuador to help with uh, a, a presidential campaign down there and take his, um, his, his, tech, his techniques highly honed in the American crucible to Ecuador where they had not elevated their, uh, or elevated or devolved, you know, de- devolved their political process to that point. Um, so it was, it was very much like a, like a sudden arms race and just like by hiring them as a consultants, they changed, you know, the nature of, of politics and, in Ecuador. Uh, but they, they did inexplicably, there is a movie coming out called, uh, uh, our brand is crisis, which is based on that story. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I, cause as you described it, I'm like, wait a minute, is this, I, you said documentary, I, so you're not talking about Billy Bob and Sandra Bullock, this, but this, this is radio here, but I'm shaking my damn head. 
because it blows me away because it's, it's based on that documentary. It's based on the story. So they had the rights to it. And they have Billy Bob Thornton, who is like the spitting image of James Carville, right? Oh, yeah. He did it in primary color. Yes. And then you, have, you know, pretty much. Yeah. And then you have, uh, you have Sandra Bullock, uh, another great actor and uh, would, would make a great, um, God, what, what's James Carville's wife's name? I'm, I'm, oh, Mary Matlin. Mary Matlin. Uh, she made a great Mary Matlin. And somehow somebody had the idea that these actors are not going to play those people. It's like an entirely fictionalized version of that story where they're not well, playing those people. It's kind of like primary colors, I assume. I, it, I was reading, I was trying to read it on Wikipedia, and I got, kept getting so confused because I strayed so far from the original, or, the, or at least the story presented in the uh, documentary. Just okay. like, when, were, when did the documentary come out? I want to say like 2005 or something. Okay, because yeah, I do remember hearing that's what Carvel was doing. Yeah, yeah. And that's funny, I saw the trailers for the, the, the movie, mm-hmm. and yeah, I didn't, you know, and I'm like, oh, that is kind of like Carvel, and yeah, there's Billy Bob. Didn't realize that it absolutely was a lift. It, it, and, it, it, it's like so close to a home run that, I don't know, I don't know. I, I, I would love to see a movie version of their story, the two of them, like their marriage, you know, across the aisle. Uh, with those two actors, it would have been fantastic, but this is not it. Well, and they did do there. There is some documentary about their marriage out there. Is there? I mean, well, and if not, I mean, I've certainly seen a million features yes, on I mean, them over uh, the years. Uh, but I could have sworn there is. And then also, unfortunately, there's another movie called Speechless that uh, was Michael Keaton and Gina Davis. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, and it's a rom com, and it's based on Carvel and. Oh, Madeline. okay. Yeah, and it's yeah disgusting. Yeah. Um, speaking of speaking of those two, did you ever see K Street? <laughs> yes, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. No, in the HBO show, yeah, right? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, that was excellent. Uh, I'm blanking on his name now. The director, Soder. Oh, Soder. Soder. Yeah, Soder. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, that was terrific. And then, um, and now I'm blanking. The Showtime, both they did it in the '80s, and then they brought it back in the 2000s, where they had a fake. Uh, Senate campaign, and it was uh, Gary Trudeau created it, and then brought it back twenty years later, where yes, and the senator's daughter the was doing yeah, what yes, was that called? You know, yeah, yeah, I don't remember either, but that was really good. And then the disappointing one was Al Franken had the, his own Nightline show that didn't quite. That's make right. It. It well, he, he went on other things. Yeah, he's yeah. No, actually, I, I like what he's doing now. That's that's true. You're right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he did. He did do better. He's, uh, oh, Tanner, 88. Yes, Tanner, 88. Well done. I'm Googling. Don't. I I figured. (laughs) Yes, Tanner, 88. Uh, Uh, Oh, and also another one, uh, great uh, political documentary, Perfect Candidate with uh, Ali North running against Charles Robb. Back, uh, Lyndon Johnson's son-in-law. Yeah. And it was the Virginia uh, Senate race. That's, oh, I bet that's amazing. I remember that election. Well, that's, I mean, and again, I think people who are going to like those things will like Citizen Jack because it's, uh, it's, no, it's very funny. It it looks great. How many issues is it going to be? Ongoing. This is an ongoing. ongoing. Yep, absolutely. I mean, we got got big plans for Jack. Um, Just like Jack, we've got our sights set on the White House and we've got, I mean, we're already working on issues five and six right now. And um, the, uh, 
So we've got the, the next two arcs planned and we've got ideas for beyond that. And, um, you know, just, just as a teaser, I, I always say that the, the book is not called Candidate Jack. I understand. Yes. Yeah. It, it, is called, it is called Citizen Jack. That's right. So we are, uh, we got big plans. Yeah, that's, well, I was going to ask, I mean, so that's terrific. Are you going to reflect real time? Are we going to see, you know, in, in uh, I guess, is it February 1st is the Iowa caucus? Uh, yeah, Iowa will probably be February. We're, we're actually going to be, you know, people have asked me, like, are, are we going to be paying attention to the, uh, yeah, to, the political to, to the, to the race and, and let that influence Citizen Jack? And uh, my answer is no. It's going to be the other way around. Citizen Jack is going to be influencing the real life presidential race. <laughs> well, that's right. There's this demon. Yeah, so but cool. but but really, you'll see. Um, you know, by by the time Iowa rolls around February, it's going to be issue four. We're already going to be in the presidential debates by that point. Okay. So just, well, uh, I, not to well, spoil too much. So so we move. We move really fast, and I, you know. Oh, I see. okay, that's fine. And well, and you know, again, I, that makes sense. It's funny. Oh yeah, it, we're. I mean, boy, trying try, trying to mirror that stuff and trying to time that too much. Like it's great to come out at the beginning of November, but like, try, you know, banking on that kind of timing is uh, asking for the devil to intervene quite literally and screw no, up all your plans. Yeah, I can appreciate that. Your artist again for the book. I'm sorry. Yes. Who's your artist for the book? Tommy Patterson. Yeah, Tommy did. Tommy is great, uh, and he is just killing it on this book. Um, and his name may sound familiar because he did Game of Thrones for Dynamite. Oh, for great. Quite a number of issues. I want to say like 20-something issues. He, he had a long run on it. Um, it's crazy because on that book, he had like a, a very, uh, very like 90s style, and they shot it directly from pencils. Um, okay. And I found him because I was asking around for artists, and I asked uh, uh, Ryan Segman and Nick Batar, and they're like, "You gotta check out our boy Tommy." And I looked at his Game of Thrones stuff, and I was like, "Dude, this is like kind of the opposite of what I asked you for." <laughs> and and they're like, "No, no, 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 no. Tommy can do this. Tommy can do this." I was like, "All right." So Tommy and I talked, and uh, I, I liked the dude a lot, and he did a couple sample pages for me, and they were so different. Than what he had done in Game of Thrones, they're 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 pretty much what you see in Citizen Jack, and it's much more like Frank Quietly, uh, open line style. Yes, I was thinking Frank Quietly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Frank Quietly, but but really cartoony too. Quietly, yeah, yeah. and and like a very um, very uh, understated way. I, I always com uh, compare it to Frank uh, to Will Eisner, um, but uh, I you know I was just amazed, and I was like, Tommy, you've got like two fully formed artistic styles. And that's two more styles than some artists have at all. And, and I, I laughed. I was like, dude, you're going to do okay. And to myself, I was like, I got to get him on this book. No, it fits. It absolutely fits. And I think it's realistic enough that it tells the story, but it's also fantastic when it needs to be yeah. when, you're, when you're dealing with the demon. Mm -hmm. And uh, no, I, I think it's going to work well. And, He's got and it yeah, all. And there's, really. a, there's, a, there's a Douglas Adams kind of feel to your absurd uh, yes. Thank you. you know, right, take storytelling that. as well. I, well, I, absolutely, man. No, I think uh, this is a very interesting comedy that, uh, yeah, is, you know, playing with politics and stuff. But like you said, 
it, it really doesn't matter, Democrat or Republican. There are knuckleheads on, in both parties. Yeah. And, 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 this, and it really is more the – because, again, this year it just seems more ridiculous that – again, the audacity to run for president. And that kind of is part of Jack's strength and weakness. Yeah. I mean it, it, it goes back to that Douglas Adams quote that's, that's famous but everybody forgets uh, when, when it's really important, which is that anyone who wants to be president should probably – be not allowed to be president. <laughs> <laughs> and you could really apply that to many, if not anyone who has ever run for president. Um, but, you know, it's interesting because, yeah, it, I, I, I think it's hitting a lot of nerves right now, the book or the concept, at least at this point, because of Donald Trump. And everyone's like, oh, my God, Donald Trump's so unlikely, so unlikely. And it's like, why, what is so unlikely about a rich guy who knows how to play on television being successful in a presidential contest? Like, there's absolutely nothing unlikely about it. Sure, I may not have guessed it, but this is, this is the kind of system that we've built. This system is ripe for exploitation by somebody like that. Just like a demon, a 12-foot-tall demon named Marlon Spike would look at our presidential election system and be like, oh, I, I see some openings here. I could feel at home in here. <laughs> Very funny, man. It's a, No, it, it really does. It hits the right notes. And, uh, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think, again, you know, even like – I, 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 I don't know what's going to happen with Trump, but I do think, as you say, too, it just shows how flawed the system is and that, no, we don't have to worry about this guy. There's going to be somebody down the road that is this kind of yes. there, knucklehead candidate that is going to strike a populist chord exactly. because, there, because they want everyone wants it. Yeah. I mean, it, and, and unless the system gets fixed, and, and that's like a whole right. crazy conversation, there will always be – a candidate that reminds people of Citizen Jack or vice versa. You know, it it, yes. it, it, it could be Trump. It could be some other guy. It could be the next guy. There's Her, all... Herman Cain, you know, it was Herman, it was Herman Cain back in 2012 oh, yeah. for a second, mm -hmm. for a hot second. He, I mean, that's even, the thing. Even you know? Howard Dean to a certain extent. Absolutely. Yeah. No, and I'm glad. I Please, you know, bring up the, the examples <laughs> on the left because I, I, you're right about that. Although, and again, Howard Dean at least was a governor. Yes, I mean, I, you, know, well, I, you know, I mean, that's I, the yeah, thing. I, I understand, very, but uh, very. Oh, I, I, I mean, that's. It, but I go ahead. I I'm, do come from. I am, I am from Minnesota. Like I grew up there, and uh, <laughs> so you and, you were there for Jesse Ventura. I, I I wasn't there for Jesse Ventura, but I remember it quite oh. well. And <laughs> and Minnesota has a very long line of political loonies, you know, like and and I mean that for. For serious, actual, viable politicians and otherwise, because we've got Jesse Ventura, we've got Paul Wellstone, we've got Al Franken, we got Michelle Bachman, uh, we we have two failed presidential candidates in uh, Walter Mondale and Hubert H. Humphrey. Yeah, but I, but I, you know, I, there's a difference between career politicians and whack jobs, sure, and I mean, yeah. or I mean, even. You know, even Franken, it would be he was a comedian. It's like, yeah, he's a comedian who went to Harvard. Yeah. And and actually like <laughs> when he wasn't writing jokes, actually or I should say, when he wasn't writing jokes for television, he was writing jokes for political campaigns. Yeah. And was like this like very slowly building wonk that does go back to the seventies, just like his SNL career. Absolutely. I mean, I'm I'm very proud of Al Franken and I'm very proud so, of, of Paul Wells. You know, like, was 
I was going to say, was Wellstone was Wellstone a crank in any way? I mean, I know he was perceived as incredibly liberal. He, he was perceived as incredibly liberal, and he's one of those politicians that would say things that politicians aren't supposed to say. Uh, the, 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 yeah. the guy was not a nut, but he definitely sometimes seemed to be flying on a wing and a prayer. Uh, and, you know, for someone like myself, who was more aligned with his political sensibilities, he was a guy that I would cheer on. But... Coming from the other side, I'm sure there are people who are like, God, this guy's an absolute crank. This guy's a nut. And, and, he, and he was a politician who came up through the ranks and so on and so forth. So it's not like he was a snowblower salesman. Jack, okay, because yeah, hopefully, yeah I hopefully mean, Jack will always be an extreme case, John. Let's just pray. That's but that's Jack you know, I mean, and that's what we're seeing really again in this in this political cycle. And it really is again back to 2012. Herman Cain, successful CEO. Yeah. You know, I mean, now it's okay. You got a couple CEOs. You got a you got a heart doctor. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's just like, all right, what the hell? I mean, you got Lawrence uh, Leipzig or whatever. Uh, he was on that. He was even on Bill Maher last week, and finally realized because initially he was a one. He was really just focused on this one thing about we've, we've got to reform the system, oh, yeah. and and kept saying yes. that once you reform the system, Lawrence Leipzig. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God, he finally, unfortunately, I think too late, got the message that, dude, don't tell people you just want this one thing to happen and then you'll quit. Yeah. Because I saw him, he's like, okay, I got the message. Don't run on that. All right, I will stay in. And it's like, yeah. Well, isn't <laughs> that, that I, I don't know. I thought he, You and Lincoln Chafee need to leave now, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought, and I, I didn't see him, and I'm not right up, but I, I thought he was, I mean, I assumed that his intention was just to run a campaign in quotes on right. on on the the issues of reforming campaigns uh, and I wouldn't call it a novelty but I just thought that it was his way of of bringing that to everybody's attention yeah I just don't understand I mean he seemed really upset that he wasn't allowed in the debate and it's like well yeah dude but if you telegraph that that's all you're interested in well, yeah. yeah, if people get the idea that you you are kind of a novelty candidate, then, yeah, they're not going to bring you in. Right. Well, that's what I mean. It's like, to what end, man? I mean, you're not you're doing yourself in, you're not doing yourself any favors. Nader, as you know, was was like, well, I'm running. No, I'm actually yeah. running. Yeah, yeah. You know, and th- these are the things I will do. And it's like, OK, I you know, it's I don't know. I, I, I again, it's a very interesting political world. It, it is good timing for Citizen Jack. So nice going on that. Thank you, man. Yeah. Again, uh, it's the kind of thing you could never try and plan, but I'll take credit for it. Yep. <laughs> I, I saw it all coming. I knew from two years ago that Trump would be here, right here, right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's move on to Marvel. And as I told you before recording, I'm like, I know in the back of my mind when you tell me the books that you're writing for Marvel, you'll be like, oh, yeah, of course. But, you know, 50, ish, 50 new number ones later, oh, it's heavens. like – Okay, I'll, I'll figure it out when it happens. So, so let's go through the list. What do you what do you got coming for Marvel? So the first one's an easy one, Star Lord. Yay! Yeah. Absolutely, yep. very good. Yep. So uh, Star Lord number one in November. Uh, Peter's uh, Peter's off. I mean, he's always been off or doing his own thing in your book. I mean, the Guardians would pop up, but like, yeah. So you know, his status quo has already been reflected. That uh, Kitty is taking his place in the Guardians. Exactly. And this ended up being a really nice little bit of creative uh, synchronicity between myself and Bendis um, because he has always wanted to do the King Peter storyline where Peter takes over his father's um, mm-hmm. uh, kingdom. Planetary, yeah, kingdom. Exactly. Uh, and since the very beginning of 
taking over Star-Lord, one of the very first ideas I had was that we should do Star-Lord Year One. So this ended up working perfectly that while Bendis is, 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 is taking the reins of Peter in the present day, we are going to turn the clock back to Peter when he was 18 years old and show what his first year in space was like. Oh, very good. Yeah. So that'll be fun. In the, in the okay. book, yeah, for five issues, we got uh, Peter. We got we got Star Lord Year One. Peter is an eighteen-year-old jackass, and uh, he he's desperate to get into space, but he can't quite get it, make it happen. And uh, he's got to take matters into his own hands and get off planet because he's he's uh, he's obsessed with it. Um, so it it shows it shows his first year. Uh, it's it's like a coming of age story. It's the people he meets out there, the people he thinks are cool. It's him trying to learn how to be cool. I've been calling it uh, a sci-fi version of Almost Famous. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I like yep. it. And yeah, so he's going to be our point of view character as he you know, explores the galaxy for the first time yep. and encounters all these weird people and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So would you say that was he 10 years older by the time of, say – you know, uh, the the modern day. I mean, how far back are we going? Yeah, well, you know, Marvel time. You know, I know comic so book. elastic. Uh, Twenty five, yeah, so seven years, exactly. whatever, five years. Um, it, it's it's so elastic, but uh, it is. Hang on, I'm looking at my notes so I get this right. <laughs> yeah, Twelve years I mean, ago, so twelve years ago. Okay, wow. And boy, like nobody listening to this can ever pin me. Star Lord Year One is definitely he's eighteen years old. Peter in the present day, maybe maybe ten years, because Peter in the present day is kind of like a twenty-eight-ish, thirty-ish kind of thing. Okay, yeah. okay, mm-hmm. I like it. That's cool. Because yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, then you know, we'll we'll obviously get first encounters with some familiar faces. I would imagine. Well, we got um, we've got Yondu in the book. Excellent. I was wondering. And he is the great 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 grandfather. Of Yondu from Guardians 3000, the future Yondu. Fantastic. Yeah, and this is a Yondu that uh, is much more similar to the Yondu in the movie. He's a he's a space pirate and kind of a, a wandering bastard, and uh, he finds Peter and kind of takes him under his wing uh, to both good and bad results. Well, that's what I was wondering. Are you you know I mean, is, is that the opportunity to really kind of take more you know? ideas from the movie and then you know do it i mean you, you you had a similarity in terms of the character and stuff but yeah i mean is this a chance to kind of why not to you know fill out some of you know flesh out what we got from the the prologue to him uh, dancing on the on the planet well it's uh it's it's definitely within the comic book continuity it, it doesn't match the movie continuity but it's interesting because when I first started working on the book, it was like six months before the movie came out, maybe. Uh-huh. Um, and Marvel didn't show me jack shit from the movie. It, I remember you saying yeah, that. Yeah, they, they no screen grabs, no screenplay, no teasers, like nothing. I only saw stuff on YouTube uh, just like everybody else uh, when they they up on the trailer. The trailer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> But it was just funny the way in which uh, the the people who made the movies zeroed in on things, the same things about Peter Quill that I did. Because um, Marvel was very insistent there, like, don't make it like the movie. The comic book's got to be the comic book. Tell the story you want to tell. Otherwise, it's not going to ring true. Um, 
And and my instinct on Star Lord happened to be very much their instinct on Star Lord. Uh, and from divergent paths, we kind of came uh, to have two Peters in two different mediums that occupy like the same kind of vibe, uh, <laughs> different different specifics, but definitely the same kind of vibe. Um, and then the movie, I saw this this different kind of Yondu, and I was like, man, that's a fantastic character. That's just a great character. And I thought yeah. that bringing him into uh, the present day 616 Marvel, especially because of the way that he's so different from the future Yondu, yes. I just knew that would be so much fun to be able to play with. Very cool. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So that's that'll that'll occupy your first uh, arc then. Exactly. Uh, that's the first five issues, and then we'll be back in the present day. Uh, and that kind of dovetails with uh, Bendis wrapping up his King Peter story. Uh, okay. And then... Uh, we'll we'll pick we'll pick up the pieces from there from where uh, Bendis leaves them and uh, and move forward. Very cool. Yeah. that's awesome. Man. So what else you got? And then in December, I've got Weird World. Oh, very good. Yes. So yes, indeed. It's an ongoing series. Jason Aaron and Mike Del Mundo did the mini series that came out for Secret Wars, uh, and this is. Uh, an ongoing series and drawn by Mike Del Mundo, which I could not be more excited about. That guy is a monster. He is a beast, and he is the perfect artist to bring Weird World to life because this is a a, a polyglot land that is a, a blend of sci-fi and fantasy and all sorts of like the the weird kind of movies from the seventies and eighties, like Planet Absolutely and John Carter or not John Carter, uh, John Carpenter and all that kind of good, good stuff all mixed together. Um, and the great thing about it is that after Secret Wars, Weird World is a real place that really exists on Marvel Earth. So, oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, so, okay. so it is a place on Marvel Earth, just like Peter Parker's Manhattan or the Savage Land. Um, but because it's magic, it's not easy to get in or out. So now, I'm sorry. Go, go on. Yeah. Yeah. No, you go, you go ahead. Yeah. yeah. It's, it, it's because of the magic that, that just imbues this land. It's not easy for it to, to get in and out, to go back and forth. Um, but there is magic that is causing the separation that is breaking down. And that's one of the, the longer threads that we're exploring in this book. Now I haven't been reading the tie in weird, weird, war, war, uh, weird world yeah. books in secret wars. So tell me, who uh, is is this a new protagonist, or is it a? Yes, it is a is a brand new protagonist. Her name is Becca, uh, and she's a teenager who literally crash lands on the weird world, and she has to a figure out how to survive, and b figure out how she's going to get home. Interesting. Are there any re- recognizable characters in Weird yeah. World? Or? Our uh, our our antagonist of a source of sorts is uh, Morgan Le Fay. Very nice. Yes, uh, and, and she definitely fills quite a, kind of the antagonist role. She, um, <clears throat> you know, uh, stands in opposition to our main characters, and you know, does not hang out with them, but uh, clashes with them. But Morgan has been such a, a revelation to me as a character, uh, and it all started when I realized that depending on how you count it, she's either a thousand years old or four thousand years old. Sure, because, well, this is the Morgan Le Fay from Camelot, exactly. and obviously those great Marvel stories with Iron Man and Doctor Doom. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, do we under, do we find out how she got from Camelot to Weird World, or is we there... We do. Well, we, we, we yes, we, we find out her 
And it turns out that she's been in Weird World for 60 years. Because I realized if you are, if, if you're even 50 years old in the Marvel Universe, you've got to be like pretty smart. Like to survive that long as somebody like Morgan Le Fay, you gotta be smart, you gotta be canny, and you gotta be a survivor. So I imagine what would happen to somebody like Morgan Le Fay if she got dumped into Weird World, and I realized that 60 years later she's running her own kingdom. So when, so when we come to Weird World in this book, she's running the Kingdom of the Torch, and she's got a vast Lava Man army. And she's doing what she needs to do to survive and do what she needs to do to get home. And of course, Becca is also a character who is stranded on Weird World from Earth and a character who's trying to get home. And their sort of shared destiny brings them on a collision course. Uh, so yes, it, 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 it is a protagonist-antagonist relationship, but there's so much more to Morgan Le Fay in this book, and where, where she's concerned is not nearly that cut and dry. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Who's your artist? Mike Domundo. Oh, very good. Oh, my God. He's so good. Uh, continuing on from the mini, uh, and I could not be more psyched that he was down to continue. And uh, we just, Was Jason was Jason writing the mini? He was, yep. Mm -hmm. Okay, go on. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he's – Mike and I have just been having such a good time together, uh, having a great time collaborating. And so much of this book uh, is, is things that have come out. Uh, in conversations between the two of us, just ideas and, and crazy shit that we're putting on the page. So it's going to be a lot of fun. It, it is a very fun book. Very cool. Now, I don't know, have you got more Marvel books coming up? Because I, I know there's one Secret Wars uh, miniseries that we haven't talked about yet. But uh... Sure. No, yeah. We, um, we nope, that that's all for me for the near future on Marvel. For the near future? Exactly. Okay. I do have a, another creator book coming out in February. Oh, I, if you wanted, to, we can we can talk about that. Before we do, I oh, yeah. wanted to I, I wanted to give you your uh, your due on uh, Planet Hulk. Oh, sure, yeah, mm -hmm. hilarious, man. Thank you. You and, and and you and Mark Lamming. Yes, Mark Lamming. Yeah, yeah, man. I got to tell you, both yeah, both of you just did great. I mean, it was a great looking book and funny as hell. Thank and, you. And uh, I see the connection. I mean, it seems like it's a different world than obviously Weird World. But uh, you know, there's there's some similarities, I suppose, in what you were playing around with with in Planet Hulk. Would you say? Oh, with Weird World, yes, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, and and I think in, I didn't know it at the time, but Planet Hulk almost turned into like a an audition for Weird World, or at least Tom Brevoort when uh, he saw what I was doing in Weird World thought that I would be a good fit uh, on on uh, on Weird World, or when he saw what I was doing in Planet Hulk, he thought it'd be a good fit in Weird World. Um, and that is because it, it, both of them do have like a Conan the Barbarian flavor, uh, and both of them are like stranger in a strange land stories, and both of them are about like what it means to survive in a world that is going crazy around you, and whether or not you can hold on to like who you are, uh, in, uh, and 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 for Cap that means holding on to being Captain America. Uh, you know, it's it's funny. To, to hear you say that it was a funny book and it was a hilarious book because not everybody saw it that way. I just had an interview where it sounded like I broke the guy's heart on that book because it was so dark. But John, I just I know that just means that you're as twisted as I am. I yeah, what, come on! When, when <laughs> there is a bunch of Hulks flinging their feces <laughs> at, at the Thor core as they're flying by, yeah, man, 
Well, no, I just I it I honestly took it. It's funny we were talking about this with Weird World, but again, yet that kind of seventies Zardoz or or oh. the barbarian the sci the cross between Dude, sci fi and barbarian kind of movies that we were getting back. Mm-hmm. I, I I'm so glad you mentioned Zardoz. I love Zardoz. <laughs> I I know it's silly and I know it's stupid. I know it's all things that people say it is, but I love it so much. I watch that movie at least once a year. What I love about Planet Hulk as well is the fact that you've got Steve Rogers as this barbarian hero, but he's smart. It's a smart guy in this kind of ridiculous, like, warrior world, but he's not, you know, talking, you know, like like a bad Johnny Weissmuller Tarzan. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's a smart guy, like, but but to him, in some ways, Figuring out Planet Hulk was useless to him, whether whether you could or not figure out a place like that. You know what I mean? It was kind of beside the point. He he really only wanted to figure out as much as he needed to to take that next step to his goal, um, and that's what made uh, you know the the conversation between him and Doc Green so fascinating because Doc Green was fascinated by Planet Hulk. He did yes. he 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 did read so much meaning into into Planet Hulk as this reflection of uh of of the heart of of battle world as he saw it you know um and that's what made those scenes so fun to write because doc doc green would just go on and on and on about it and and cap just couldn't give a shit (laughs) no and again that's that's you're right and that's why i I still see it as a comedy as much as uh just a good action i love it man yeah it's 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 like midnight run but on planet hulk i'll take that (laughs) I really, yeah, I'd look at it and I'd be like, this this is like a road movie. It's like a buddy movie and I got to get on each other's nerves a little bit. <laughs> you know, and honestly. But, I, but I, 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 I love that you thought it was funny because to me, it, it, it is certainly a dark, a dark book, but it is, it is a, a, a very darkly funny book. I thought so. I, again, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was a really good, I, in the same way, you know, I mean, God, uh, Thor's. Is obviously this very grisly mystery, you know, procedural, yeah. mm-hmm. but it, there's a, there's a level of absurdity to it as well, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah, and uh, and that's God. A lot of them are like that. 1872 is a pretty brutal brutal story yeah. that Jerry's saying, mm-hmm. and you you know, it's a fun western as well. Yeah, I mean, I I think a lot of us responded to that because in in the context, fictional and otherwise, of Battle World we were able to get away with some stories that were a lot darker than we might in regular 616 mainstream Marvel. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes, because, because that, that, that's kind of like, it, it, in Secret Wars, like everything is going to go back to a regular world, and uh, you, could, you could crush these heroes a little more than you would normally be able to get away with because at the end, the, you know, we'd still have Steve Rogers and we'd still have Thor and you know, doing all the stuff that Jason's doing and all that kind of stuff. But... Uh, it, it, it was an opportunity and, you know, I don't think any of us really went gritty for gritty's sake, but we, we've all got a couple of those stories. I think you work at Marvel and probably DC long enough and you start to be like, man, I got this really dark, uh, you know, uh, green arrow story or I got a really dark, uh, you know, in this case, Captain America story and, and battle world ended up being a really great outlet for that. It's one of my favorite things about it. I agree, and I and I think uh, it you know why not? It, it allows everyone to kind of take their stories to a degree that you couldn't do in a six one six that always does have to kind of 
yeah. you know, not not have an ending and have a all right, let's let's move yeah. on. You know, you know, there's a new status quo. Okay, and it, and we'll all react to and that. It's such a unique. I mean, probably you know, maybe twice in a lifetime opportunity publishing wise, and it's like if you don't really take advantage of that, you don't really go for like a gonzo story that you couldn't do otherwise, and you're not taking full advantage of uh, the opportunity in front of you. Well, nice going, man. Thanks, That's dude. That's very cool. Thanks, dude. I, I love doing that book. And boy, Mark really knocked it out of the park, huh? Absolutely, oh. man. No, Mark, oh. tremendous job. And uh, yeah, I, I really it was. It was a pleasure to read. Yeah. No question. Mark, Mark really went there with me on that dark stuff, and we didn't even have to talk about it. We didn't have to be like, okay, this is going to be a dark book. Like, let's really go there. He just did it. We just both went there. It was great. No, it was very cool. I hope you guys get to work together. Oh, again. me too. No. I would love it. I would love it. That's very cool. That's excellent. So uh, did you want to talk a little bit about whatever's coming up in February? Yeah, absolutely. It's been announced. So it's a book called Jonesy. Uh, and it is so different from what anything I've ever done. So very different from Planet Hulk. <laughs> it's coming up from uh, Boombox, which is the, the imprint from uh, Boom Studios that does uh, Lumber Days, uh, uh, Lumberjanes and Giant Days. Uh, and uh, it is about a, it, it is a book about love. It's about love and trouble. Uh, and the main character is a teenage girl named Jonesy who has the power to make anybody fall in love with anybody else. And, Interesting. But Go on. for her, she's not like a happy little Cupid bringing people together in the world. She is way into the mischief. She's going to use her powers for mischief and causing havoc and causing trouble. Uh, so in some ways, she is like the worst person to have this power. Um, and it's with, uh, I'm co-creating it with artist uh, Caitlin Rose Boyle, uh, who has a fantastic cartoony style, just so expressive uh, and so fun. Um, and it really is such a different book for me, and I'm, I'm super, super excited about it. They just, it, it's not in the catalog yet. They announced it a little early because they were at, um, the Diamond Retailer Summit, and they they, they couldn't wait to uh, to to reveal it. So that's that's why we're talking about it so early. Interesting. Is there any art that's uh, available yet? Or, yeah, there's, uh... there's one piece of art that's out there. Uh, it's, it's our first issue cover. Um, great piece of art. Just uh, bright colors. One of, one of the first things I ever wrote about Jonesy as a character was that she wears two colors, black and neon. Uh, and so there's, there's going to be a lot of bright colors, <laughs> a lot of sarcasm in the book, a, uh, a, a lot of funny moments and, and a lot of relationship based stories. Um, it, it's funny because, um, you know, she, she like lives in this town and we're building out this town and she, we've got this cast of characters that we're building out with her dad and her best friend and the principal of the school and all this stuff. And I realized that I've, I've been calling on my my sci-fi world-building skills in a book that has almost no sci-fi in it whatsoever. <laughs> I'm, re I'm looking at, uh, there was a Bleeding Cool article, yes. so I'm looking at the art right Yeah, there now. you go. And, uh, all right, so yeah, I kind of get a feel of, of what she's like because I was even trying to think physically what she might be like. Mm -hmm. So is she, uh, is she kind of, because she's so... Uh, extreme in her look and everything, kind of an outcast, obviously. Yeah, in her she school. is. Yeah, she's 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 kind of a weirdo at her school. Sure. Yeah. Um, but of course, you know, so the 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 weirdos have uh, some of the most interesting takes on things, uh, and we'll definitely be seeing the world through Jonesy's eyes. 
are you uh, would you call this almost like will it be kind of a horror story or like a psychologically horror story or no no it's it's not like a not like a fire starter thing or, or carry uh yeah it's 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 definitely on much more on the fun side than that much more okay side yeah uh with 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 a lot of heart in it uh with with a sardonic edge uh, a, a, a lot of mischief and, uh, and and a lot of trouble, but definitely played for laughs. Okay, and and going for a, like kind of a young a, a young woman audience, or I mean, obviously everyone, if you can, you know, well, suck us all in. Yeah, I mean, it's it, <laughs> it, 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 it's a book that is more. I don't know. It it's it, it's 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 probably more accessible. Uh, to a wider audience than something like uh, sure. Weird World. Although, you know, Weird World <laughs> is going to have, I'm calling it right now, Weird World, I think, is going to have a significant uh, female audience um, because of our two main characters. But uh, it's, uh, you know, jo- Jonesy is like, I mean, really, the reason why I brought it to Boom is because Boom has done such a great job selling books like Lumberjanes and Giant Days. You know, like, couple years ago, if you had pitched those books, some publishers would tell you that those books were no-go in the direct market. But right. Boombox right. has done the amazing work of, of, of proving everybody wrong. You know, like they, they have done so much legwork in the marketplace in terms of making a book like Jonesy possible and cultivating uh, a wider audience that... Uh, has, has more females than a regular direct market audience and is more diverse than a regular direct market audience and makes it possible to have a, a strong fan base for a book like Lumberjanes, for a book like Giant Days, and hopefully a book like Jonesy. So, yeah, I mean, I, it, it's not something that we're aiming towards in a, in a calculating way, but this is definitely, like, way different than any work that I've ever done at Marvel. Um, it's way different than Citizen Jack. Um, and, I, and I think it is going to find a much different audience in the direct market. Well, and I would imagine too. Was it "Our Love Is Real"? Isn't that the title of your? That's uh, right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that you really had to kind of hand deliver and, yes. and solicit yes. uh-huh. to, to the stores. Mm-hmm. And as you say, given that Boombox has opened this shelf space in a bunch of retailers, that had that had to have made it a bit easier. But I also imagine you are still maybe doing some of this. Uh, you know, by hand retailing kind of solicitation. The, yes, the hustle never dies, John. Even when I even even when I am <laughs> no longer self publishing and I'm no longer self distributing, the hustle never dies. I just uh, past couple of weeks called just about a hundred retailers for Citizen Jack. Excellent. Yeah. What like, you are you doing anything beyond talking to them in terms of like any sort of in store thing or, or whatever yeah, or any type I'm, of I'm actually doing uh, three signings in the near future. I'm doing a signing on um, Wednesday, November fourth, which is the day Citizen Jack comes out in Pasadena at Collector's Paradise. Then that Saturday on November seventh, I'm doing a signing at Third Eye Comics in Annapolis, Maryland. Excellent. And then a week from that day on Saturday, November fourteenth, I'm doing a signing at Austin Books and Comics in Austin, Texas. So I am on my own campaign, John. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you, man. That's cool. Uh, and did I, and then did I ask for Jonesy? Are you are you are you doing the same kind of hand? You know, kind of uh, absolutely. Like I said, it's not in the catalog yet, so we're we're okay. not quite there. I haven't started the calls or anything like that yet. But um, that is something that that 
Boom is very proactive about their work with retailers. I'm very proactive about the work I do as retailers, and uh, we we are going to be very much enjoying that partnership together. That's cool. Didn't you do that sci-fi book for them? Was it uh, Higher Earth? Higher Earth, yeah. absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. I yes. Did, uh, and I did Fanboys vs. Zombies for them. Uh, That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, okay. and they're here in Los Angeles like I am. Um, uh-huh. And they uh, are just like uh, just old friends. Um, you know, Chris Rosa is an editor over there. I was on a podcast with him for about a year. Uh, Matt Gagnon, who's the editor in chief, he and I go way back. I didn't know you were podcasting for a year. Shame on. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we were on the Melcast together. It was, it, was, it was a show that started without me, and then I had subbed in a couple times when some of the other hosts, uh, Caleb Monroe and Aaron Brewer. Right town, and then they just invited me to be a permanent uh, fourth host, and I was on for about a year. That's cool. Yeah, it was great. Oh, it was great. I loved it. I I, I really miss it sometimes for sure. Hey, you well, you always do good when we talk. As, as, as you can tell, I'm a real shrinking violet, John. Yeah. <laughs> it, it takes a lot of work to get me talking. Uh, <laughs> Sam, if I but if you sucked, I wouldn't have to ask. You know, that's great. I, I was happy to, like I said, as soon as I saw Citizen Jack, I'm like, oh, Sam, come back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah. a, lot, a lot of good friends at Boom, and I, I did work there before, so this is really like coming home. And could, That's cool. Yeah, we couldn't be more excited to have the book with them because they're, they're really good at what they do, and I think Jonesy is going to fit in there very nicely. You know, looking at the art now, I totally agree, and I think uh, that's that's terrific. It sounds like a really fun idea, and I, I'm glad that you've – again, it seems like you're at the right publisher in terms of uh, – who knows how to promote it and then create that shelf space. So very good. Mm-hmm. Yep. Huge, man. We, well done. Thank you very much. Yeah, I've got four new number ones coming out across four months. It's crazy. Holy cow. Yeah. So, I, I, uh, so Again, it's like you could have never planned it this way, nor would I have ever wanted to. But it's going <laughs> to be a lot of fun while we're doing it. <laughs> well, and it's a good variety of, of writing as well. So that's oh, got to yeah. be, you know, from uh, from that standpoint, being able to kind of work different muscles on each book. Absolutely, and everything. yeah. We got Citizen Jack. It's a, it's a horror comedy. We got Star-Lord, who is you know, nominally a superhero, but definitely within the sci-fi genre. And then we got, we got Weird World, which is... Uh, like a gonzo fantasy book and we've got Jonesy which is a you know a, a book about love but it's also very funny and, and very mischievous very cool man yeah well excellent that's that's great and I'll, I'll be interested to see you know again you always take chances with your uh, your independent stuff and yes. I think uh, Citizen Jack and Jonesy sound like they're they're very interesting and I look forward to kind of uh, getting progress reports on how these things do Thanks, so man. You, you know not to mention the Marvel stuff Absolutely good. I hope so, yeah. man. No, absolutely. Let's revisit this. Uh, I, all I can tell you is I have read the first two issues of Citizen Jack. I think it's very, very funny. Thank you, man. And, and it, boy, now I, as I'm as the as the evening's wearing down, now my Donald Trump is coming through. I think it's an excellent. Thing. <laughs> it's, people are just gonna love it. John, and, uh, you got it all. You, know, you got it all. You know. <laughs> That was my first one. As soon as the as soon as the season started, oh, it's 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 going to be excellent. You're going to love it. <laughs> no matter what it is, everything. It's, you know, Jesus. What's your position on Arbor Day? It's going to be excellent. You're going to love it. All right. So so yeah, that would be my pull quote for uh, for Citizen Jack. It is excellent. You will love it. Thank you. It uh, it comes out in, in early November. So. Yes, it's it's true. <laughs> Bernie Sanders would say one percent. Of the top 100 would agree with me on this. It is an outrage. <laughs> man, right. you got to do your own. You got to do a one-man show. <laughs> one-man debate. 
It's sad but true. No, it's uh, no pleasure as always. Thank man. you, man. Thank you for having me on. This is great. I love doing this show. Nice conversation with uh, Sam Humphreys, and I look forward to all these books. Like I said, I read the first issue. I've read the first two issues of Citizen Jack. It is fantastic. It's excellent, and you're gonna love it. If I could be Donald Trump for just a second, I just want to say how much I'm enjoying the book. I think it's great. I, I look forward to more of Citizen Jack, and I think you will too. All right, there you go. That'll do it for today's episode of Word Balloon, and uh, we'll work on more uh, voices in the future or less. Uh, today, of course, our uh, bro- program was brought to you by, uh, once again, the League of Word Balloon listeners. Thank you for your support via Patreon. Go to my uh, front page, wordballoon.com. Click on the Patreon link. It'll give you the, all the information. And if you want to contribute, thank you for your support. Word Balloon is also brought to you by InStock Trades at instocktrades.com, where you can find great savings on books like Empire, Uprising, that's right, Barry Kitson and Mark Wade are back with another chapter in the Empire Universe, uh, one of my uh, favorite books of the 90s. I'm glad they got back to it and keep giving us uh, new additions. 30% off the standard cover price, $12.59. You could get uh, from EC, the archives, the uh, Haunt of Fear, otherwise known as my campaign. Uh, boy, that's terrible. Shame on me. Uh, Al Feldstein did the cover, but uh, you're talking about art from uh, Johnny Craig. Uh, Graham Ingalls, Jack Davis, Jack Kamen, George Russos, uh, Joe Orlando. Unbelievable stuff from The Haunt of Fear. Uh, this is Volume 2 uh, in hardcover. 42% off. It is just $28.99. You can get uh, Hawkeye uh, from Matt Fraction and David Aja. Uh, the Omnibus hardcover is 42% off, $57.99. Uh, if you like Golden Age Superman stories, check out Superman The War Years. Great stuff from World War II. Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster and uh, Joe's uh, assistants, as we've later learned. But beautiful stuff from World War II. Uh, 304 pages of Golden Age Superman goodness, uh, 1938 to 1945. 25% off. It's just $18.74. Don't forget, if your orders are from uh, first uh, from InStockTrades.com, are $50 or more, you receive free shipping. I'm sure you'll find it easy. And again, it's holiday season. Great place to go to start your holiday shopping, InStockTrades.com. Thanks again for listening to Word Balloon. Uh, If you want to talk to me about uh, this show or others, you can reach me via email, john at wordballoon.com. You can uh, comment on the episodes at wordballoon.com. You can follow me on Twitter, uh, at John Word Balloon, or you can also go to uh, Facebook under my name, John Suntress, and the Word Balloon Network. And like our pages. Uh, do me a favor if you listen to the show via iTunes, uh, would you like the show and, and rate it? And uh, maybe write a review, good or bad, uh, it doesn't really matter. But um, they uh, they canceled my old World Word Balloon feed, and with it, there were like 150 ratings and reviews. And uh, it would be great to get new ones and uh, remind people that Word Balloon is a good show. So if you've written a review in the past, I mean, uh, it might have been wiped out. Uh, so uh, please uh, write a new one if you don't mind, that'd be terrific. Uh, so thank you and uh, thank you as always for your support and attention another show is just coming in a couple days because we've got a lot of Fast and Furious guests that needed to get on when their uh, stuff was hot so uh, look for a great Word Balloon uh, episode coming up next 
uh, a great, uh, slightly off topic, uh, topic. It's the history of stand-up comedy with uh, Cliff Nesteroff, who is this amazing comedy historian, wrote a great book. Can't wait to share this with you in just a couple days. Stick around for it. Until next time, Word Balloon is a copyright feature of Shaky Productions, copyright 2015.